Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about, is your relationship healthy? You know, a lot of what I do is how to handle relationships that have gone wrong, partnerships that are controlling or toxic, for instance, or where trust has been broken, uh, infidelities, betrayals, emotional upheaval within a relationship. And it, it can be really heartbreaking how widespread those issues tend to be, especially when people have bred and had children and the, the the impact of what their toxic relationship has to do on those children's lives. You know, but just as important as learning to identify when a relationship is going well. And many people are unsure of what to look for, or worse yet, they, they don't know all the positives that they truly deserve to have within a relationship. So if someone grew up watching their parents or other family members act out chronically toxic patterns like being a drug alcohol addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever, you know, then the person may very well come to define those patterns as normal and may have difficulty understanding the baseline of what a good relationship looks like because they have accepted the unacceptable. You know, with that in mind, there, 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 there's a place to start. And healthy functional relationships have characteristics which apply especially to committed romantic relationships. So the, the number one thing is if you're going to be in a relationship, do not do a try. It's a commitment. Do a will. We will. That means we will solve our problems. We will be together. We will go through hard times. We will stick together. We will communicate. We will respect each other. You know, these are huge things. When we commit, which most people are afraid to do, most people are afraid to take responsibility, most people are afraid to work through hard things, what they do is they lose the joy in their relationship because they always have the try, which is a back door. And when people try, they never love each other enough and they know it. And eventually they predict a negative outcome and then they get the negative outcome, which is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So number one, let's just talk about the binder of the book of all relationships. And that is the word trust. Trust is deeper than love. You can love someone and not trust them. When you trust someone, the love will grow. And so when you work in counseling or work on your marriage or work on your relationship, every conflict you ever will have is a trust issue. And that is where the work is. That's the binder of the book. If you start lying to each other, if you start creating dishonesty, if you uh, uh, hedge your truths with each other, you, what you're going to find is you keep pecking away at the binder of the book and eventually all the pages will fall out. You know, trust is arguably among the most important relationship characteristics because without it, there is a lack of solid foundation on which to build emotional intimacy and your potential for hurt over and over again grows ever bigger. You know, when you have trust issues with someone, that's not sexy, not sexy at all. And trust issues can go to the core of a person in a sense of betrayal. And so when you have betrayal in your life, 
That is not attractive. And nobody wants to be with somebody they can't trust. And so that is the main guideline for each other of how we take a temperature on our relationship. You know, without trust, you'll be left constantly unsure of whether you can count on your partner, come through uh, for you, whether or not they really mean what they're saying. And there are many ways to build and rebuild trust within a relationship. But if you're not on the path to doing so, your relationship is vulnerable to stress and uncertainty. So what is the bridge that gets you to trust? And I've said this on other shows, but the, the bridge to trust is I need you to have faith in me. I know you don't trust me. I know you're not going to trust me anytime soon, but I ask you to have faith in me so that eventually over time you will see my actions and my words go together and we will get to trust again. That's the bridge. If you can't do that, you're not going to get to trust. You know, communication is honestly and respectfully uh, the most important component of how we interrelate with each other. And, and so if we can't be honest and respectful, that means we're good listeners and we put listening above uh, hearing ourselves talk. You know, that is an important character. With, without it, uh, things become difficult. You know, if you don't communicate well and you're proud of it, uh, you're going to find yourself destroying your relationship. You know, it doesn't come automatically to most people. Man, you know, we may have learned to keep uncomfortable things under the surface for the sake of harmony or the uh, uh, need to avoid conflict or the appearance of perfection. We also have never even learned how to acknowledge difficult things in ourselves sometimes. And other challenges involve escalating a conflict into a full-out war, lacking the ability not to take things over personally or lashing out when we feel threatened you know if you're going to be defensive in a relationship you have to realize every conflict in a relationship is to make the relationship better so why are you being a turd you know why are you being defensive there's no reason to be defensive you need to hear each other it's not that you're going to have all the answers. You guys have to hear each other's perception of the truth. You're not only responsible for your perception of the truth, you're also responsible for your partner's perception of you. That's hard to swallow for a lot of people because they want to correct your perception. No, you're not right. No, the details is this. Oh, you forgot and you left this out. Oh, you missed the big picture. Oh, you did this. You're flawed. You're bad. You're a failure. Yeah, that's going to make a relationship strong. No, it's I understand you feel this about me. I get that. I see that. I understand. That doesn't mean you're going to change it, you know, You, but if you acknowledge it, you have a better shot at at least influencing it than you do if you're going to sit there and try to be a turd and be egotistical and be right, you know. That's a terrible thing. So there's this thing called transactional analysis. You get two people, parent, adult, child, parent, adult, child, two people. And if a person comes in the door, well, you forgot to wash the dishes. And now I had to do all this stuff and I had to run errands. And I had to do this and that. You made my day the horror, a horrible thing because you didn't do what you promised. Okay, that's a person parenting their partner. If you're going to do that, that person is going to be angry because your attitude with them is to treat them like a child and they are putting themselves in this godly parental position with their partner in a relationship. And if you're going to spend your day parenting your child partner, 
you're going to find that you become a parent and not a very sexy partner. And that's pretty sucky to have to live with somebody who feels that they are entitled to parent you. Why can't they treat you like an adult? Now, what happens is this person receives being treated like a child. So what they do is they come back and say, well, you, you know what? The other day you forgot, blah, 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 blah. And you left me with blah, 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 blah. And now they're going to say, how does it feel to be treated like a child? Now, neither people are going to listen because they're both upset about how they're being treated. And they do the crosstalk parenting each other's child. And basically they turn it into a Broadway production and on into an ugly opera. And so this is what the problem is in was people who have to have control and power. That is not the place of a relationship. It is influence, influence, influence. Control is not the factor. Influence is the factor. So if we're going to be an adult, adult conflict is safe and simple. You know, you didn't wash the dishes, and that made my whole day be very, very complicated because I had to make time for this and that and this and that. I had to run errands, and I missed an appointment. Okay, and I'm kind of frustrated with you. All right, so that's using your words. I'm frustrated. I'm going to talk to my emotions, and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm not going to call for action. I just want you to hear me. That's adult conflict. If we do that with each other, then we're treating each other respectfully. If you want somebody to go to rage, then treat them like they are disrespected. Treat them like a child, and they'll go to rage, or they'll hold it inside, be passive-aggressive, and then eventually blow up and look like a complete re retarded person, crazy person, angry person. And uh, they blow up, they say horrible things because they don't want you to ever, ever uh, uh, do this to them again. They thematically are like a team pot. They've held it in and held it in thematically, and eventually that temperature hits and it boils and it blows. And so what happens is we discover the passive-aggressive ends up being the crazy one, and they never make their point because they look like they're dangerous and crazy because everybody's in fire or flight because they look like they could do something really scary. So we got to understand if you're going to be passive-aggressive in a relationship, what you got to do is do the adult you know, I'm frustrated. I call it out. Very simple. Low energy, flat and straight. Keep your words to be heard. Okay, so when we're talking also about communication, you also have to understand that in a relationship, you are not together for any other reason but how you feel about each other. That is why you got together, by how you felt about each other. That's not logic. That's an emotion. And if that emotion is not embellished, and if you just go into the relationship looking for financial security or whatever, you're missing the point of what a relationship is about. A relationship is about meaning, and meaning is about emotion. And so everything you say in a relationship has to do with how you feel, how you feel. And that means that I may be talking about a vacation I may be talking about something that didn't go well, but what I have to do is understand that, hey, hey, you know what? This means a lot to me. And if we do not hear the emotion and validate it and be compassionate with an emotion and have empathy with our partner's emotion, even if we don't agree with them, then we never have a chance to actually get through to them. We shut them down. Well. How could you tell me that? I can't believe you would say that to me. You know, that's no way to address an emotion. You have to have compassion. I understand how you can feel like that. I get it. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine how frustrated that is. You honor a person's emotion first. 
and then you go logic to logic. The other thing that is so important if you want to have a healthy relationship is that you're always, always looking for forgiveness. And what that means is, is that if one person is expressing something that they did that you don't like, well, you did this, this, this. If you keep hammering on the negative event, what's going to happen is you're going to not know how to forgive. And the dumbest thing that people do is ask why questions. Why did you do that? Why, 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 why? Well, why questions are motive-based. That means that person asking the question has already assumed the answer. And so now you're being set up. So if you're ever going to do interrogation, if you're ever going to work in law enforcement or anything where you have to interrogate, if you're going to ask why questions, you're going to get a lot of lies, a lot of lies. If you're going to ask why questions to your children who don't even know why they do things they do, you are going to get a lie. So what you basically have to understand is if we want to get to to forgiveness, we have to look at people's intentions. Intentions are where forgiveness is because 99.9% of the time we have good intentions with bad outcomes or selfish intentions with bad outcomes. And so what takes place is if I go, what did you think about when you decided to do this? How did this this idea become so important to you? How did this doing this impact your thinking? And what did you think would happen as far as my response to what you're doing? You know, when we examine the process and understand the process that leads to a decision, that means we're looking for forgiveness. Geez, how hard can that be? You know, patience is understanding that all relationships are the long game. They are not outcome driven. And so no one could be perfectly patient all the time. And factors like a lack of sleep, stress, physical health problems, they make you more easily agitated at various points of your life. That's why we want to consider medication and therapy or supplements because what that does is it levels our brain out so we're not being a turd all the time. If you're going to be so nasty to other people because you're irritable because you don't get to sleep or you stress out, you try to control outcomes all the time, you have physical health problems because you can't get away from ruminating over things you worry about or catastrophizing like a depressed person, you're not going to be very reachable. That means you're going to lose the whole meaning of life, which is relationships. It's not things. It's not events. It is relationships relationships. That is the meaning of life. And so many people forget that. You know, partners in a healthy, loving relationship extend each other basic common patience, grace that allows for peace and flexibility and support when one person is having a bad day or they're not at their best. So if a person's going to go down in a relationship, the other person needs to go up. You know, I have faith we're going to get through this. I have faith that this is just a bad day. I have faith that you are just struggling. I know we're going to be okay. If you're going to go down and go, why are you this way to me? Why are you talking like that? Why are you down all the time? Blah, 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 blah. If you're going to nag like that, you're just encouraging the bad outcome. You have to go up and be the more positive person. You need the way of the one standing on the cliff, you know? Empathy, you know, being willing to take another person's perspective is helpful in so many cases in a relationship, whether parenting, being a good neighbor, just letting someone merge in front of you on the highway. But it, it is arguably most important when people you've chosen as a partner are a person that you're empathetic with. 
Can you truly put forth effort to try to understand their emotions, their perspective as a priority prior to you having to go into logic and deduction and criticism? You know, does their pain spur you to try to help them feel better or do you have to be right? Do you feel happy about their triumphs? Empathy is crucial for long-term love, but if you don't have it, you're not going to have a lot of long-term love in your life, and you probably don't even love yourself. You know, uh, it likely goes without saying that love should be a part of any health, healthy, committed, romantic partnership. In fact, you know, if you don't put that on the list, affection and interest, you're going to find yourself feeling high and dry. You know, being in a relationship that is lonely is the loneliest place on earth because you're stuck with this jerk who will not put their own selfish needs aside and you're having to live in their nasty, gross little world and try to make a place for yourself. That's no way to live. You know, you've got to be more subtle about loving yourself first. You've got to take an interest in yourself first. You've got to find your possibilities, your passion, your purpose, and then they have to support you and make room for you. That is what's healthy in a relationship. Each of you individually have a passion and purpose, and you join forces to make both of you stronger. That is the basis of a great relationship. As long as both partners feel comfortable with how their needs match up, The same is true for physical intimacy. And as for the like factor, this goes further than love. It means that you are truly interested in each other as best friends. And that's huge. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk more about is your relationship healthy? Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about is your relationship healthy? Let me tell you something. You know, uh, this is universally around the world what all women need in a committed relationship. And this is how they measure it. And if you don't get it, you're going to have a lot of trouble uh, at least working with that female in the relationship because she will likely uh, nag you until you're dead. And what that ingredient is, is to be cherished. Cherished. Yes, cherished means I can't be the person I am without her. I don't even know why she's with me. You know, I'm lucky to have her. She's my best friend. It's that way when I'm with her. It's that way when I'm not with her. I brag about her all the time. That is what a woman wants. If you don't get that from 30,000 feet, you are going to be one miserable human being in a relationship. So many people forget that aspect and they treat their spouse or their partner or their female partner like crap. And basically what ends up happening is they get tired of it. They go to apathy, and apathy is the opposite of love. You can always tell when people are going to break up because they go to apathy. Apathy means I got nothing left to give you. You have sucked me dry. You have taken everything out of me. And, you know, it's a very important ingredient to understand that if we don't honor and cherish a female in a relationship, we're going to have a really hard time functioning. And if you're not cherishing them, they're always going to wonder who or what you are cherishing. Is it pornography? Is it another person? Are you having an affair? Is it your job? That will be their competition. And that, for a woman, is not a good thing. You know, what a man wants in a relationship is he wants to have a voice. He means he's heard, respected. If a man is not respected, has a voice, feels heard, he feels demasculated. That means it's going to tear that person down. That means he's not like a man. He doesn't feel like a man in the relationship because he is not respected or heard. He does not have a voice. And if a woman does not or a partner does not uh, listen to their male partner, what's going to happen is if you have children, they're not going to listen to your male partner, which degenerates that relationship even further. You know, the biggest ingredient, another big ingredient is being flexible. You know, you've heard it before, you know, relationships take compromise. That means you both have to be really good listeners, not defensive, willing to hear something that is different than what you believe. And while some things don't allow for a perfect scenario, you know, uh, you know, the key component that makes a good compromise is important no matter what is flexibility. It's important that both partners show flexibility day to day life, understanding that in their decision making, there may be a better decision. And that's called experiential learning that we go through life. We take leaps of faith and then we experientially learn from those decisions. Some go well, some go mediocre, and some go poorly. But we all bounce back because we do not make our decisions based off of emotion, your reaction. If you're going to make decisions in a reaction and you have children, you're likely going to abuse your children by spanking them when you are angry. Never a good idea. 
you want to live your life making decisions by a response. And that means you and your partner get together and figure it out. Figure it out. You know, the other thing is, in a relationship, if you're going to be in a committed relationship, that is, if you're a Christian, the model of how to integrate God in your life. That means how you treat your partner is a measurement of where you feel your relationship with God is. If you treat your partner like crap, then you're probably treating God like crap. And so, you know, you reap what you sow. The bottom line is, is that what we have to do is understand on earth how we treat our partner correlates with our integration of God into our life. That means I think for them as well as myself. The same, if you look at your children, how you love them from a Christian perspective is the reassurance of how God loves you. So your relationship is a big family system, and it's all about where do I stand with God. That's a Christian perspective. Now, here's the other thing, appreciation. You know, the reason, if you look at love languages like giving gifts or spending time together or intimacy or validation, you know, any one of those things, and I'm probably missing some, but there's the, the you know, love languages are needs. They're not wants, they're needs. And so a need is so much different than a want, and it's an emotional need. And that means it doesn't have logic. I don't know why I need gifts, but that's what I'm, it's my thing. So that's your thing. So what? That's your love language. If you're going to be committed to a partner, then you better get your butt in gear and figure out how to meet their love language. Otherwise, they're going to be lonesome and miserable. Is that really what you want to be responsible for? No. So why don't you get off your butt and learn your partner's love language? There's a nice book about that, The Five Love Languages. Why don't you read it? All right. There's also room for growth in a relationship. It's the long game. It's a process. It's not an outcome. And so what we want to do is understand that we are all about possibilities, not probabilities. Probabilities are negative. Probabilities are self-fulfilling prophecies. We are about possibilities. We are about hopes. We're about goals. We are about interests. We constantly are evolving and learning from all of our decisions and all of our experiences in our life. And, and, and even if we suffer because we make a choice that could have been better, we're still going to find some way to learn from it and some way to enjoy our life. We, If you want to live a happy life, find joy. If you want to live a happy relationship, find joy in each other. Find humor in your life. If you do that, you will heal. If you turn into a judgy, grumpy uh, person, you're going to not find joy in your relationship, and they're certainly not going to find joy in you. There's also a thing called respect, which, once again, I correlate with the idea of listening. And if you want people to go to rage, don't listen to them. If you want people to go to rage, make them afraid. That creates rage. If you want anger in your life, then do a lot of disrespecting of other people and do a lot of creating fear in other people. Use a lot of guilt and shame to motivate other people to do what you want. If that's how you live, you don't belong in a relationship. That is not healthy. It's not good. What you want to have is what's called emotional reciprocity. What that means is someone's giving me something good, I'm going to give them something bad. Somebody gives me something bad, I'm going to give them something good anyway. That means that there's a transaction that takes place emotionally all day long, every day with different people. Do you want the people in your life to go downhill emotionally, which is going to affect you even further? 
or do you want them to go uphill? If you want them to go uphill, give them a place to go to within yourself and how you display yourself to them. Don't go down to where they are and just sit there in misery. That's called sympathy, and that's what whiny people like. Whiny people will suck the soul straight out of your body. There's also healthy conflict resolution, and if couples don't solve conflict in a relationship, if they don't come to a conclusion, and the only reason they don't is because they're so egotistical they can't stand to hear each other. So the deal is if you're actually humble enough to hear other people because the listener is the one who's in control of the conversation, if you actually will embellish the idea of being a good listener, now you got it. Now you got the most powerful tool in your life, which is I'm willing to learn from anybody. Everybody's got more good than they do bad. Everybody has more right than they have wrong. Now I'm starting to hear people and understand even if I don't agree with them, they have a different perspective and it's okay. It used to be in our American culture, we valued that. These days, we don't. We have a divided country with a divided government, with a divided life, and this whole world is divided. Sadly, Conflict resolution is not in the cards. However, if we are willing to hear what's right about each other, if we are able to come to common ground, if we don't look at each other as you are not good and I'm good, or you're not okay, I'm okay. So if you're going to go about life from that perspective, you're going to not make a lot of good choices in your life. You're going to live in a funnel and you're going to cope with life rather than actually living. Life requires us to have the courage to take leaps of faith into relationships, leaps of faith into commitment. You know, why get divorced? Why break up if you never learn how to be married in the first place? Why break up if you don't learn how to be in a relationship in the first place? Do you think your mom and dad are going to teach you that? No, not in this day and age, not in the world we live in. We live in the world today, and the, the world today is not in the dynamic of the world of our parents. There are common elements, but they may not have displayed them. You literally need to learn how to be married learn how to be in a relationship before you break up. That is the, the what you owe yourself and what you owe your partner. You know, uh, there's also boundaries. And in a relationship, a healthy boundaries is very simple. It's not the no's because when you say no, 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 that is being read as a yes because you're putting so much energy into the no that there's a yes behind it because it's so hard for you to set boundaries. If you're going to live in a codependent life where you're just latched on to some other person who's always in the driver's seat, then what's going to happen is you're not going to ever have boundaries. That means they're never going to respect you because they don't know where you stand. You're too afraid to make a choice in life. You know, who your character is, who your person is, who your individuality is, has everything to do with decisions about yourself that you make for you to establish, you know, like, where do you want to go tonight? Mexican pizza, pizza. Okay, well, let's go get pizza. Make a decision. Do you have to fight about where you want to go? I don't know where you want to go. I don't know where you want to go. Okay, if you're going to be a couple that's indecisive, you're probably going to break up because you guys frustrate the heck out of each other. 
Individuals are what it takes to be in a relationship. I want this. I need this. We need to do this. I think we need to do this. Now we have conflict and discussions and we're asserting, not aggressive, asserting our personalities into the relationship. That's what makes it strong. That's how we know how to buy each other gifts. That's how we know how to love each other is being assertive enough to insert our individuality. So here's boundaries. This is what I can do. And this is what I can't do. That's boundaries. Does that sound so awful? No. This is what I can do. And this is what I can't do. It's not no. It's that. And if you can do that, you can navigate about 90% of your conflicts with boundaries. And yes, you do need to say no sometimes. You know, there's also openness and honesty, and people are so afraid of that in a relationship. I'm afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to be hurt. Well, pain's a reminder you're still alive. So yes, we all have to have pain. As a matter of fact, when we are at our lowest, if you come from a Christian perspective, that's when Jesus comes to you and helps you because nobody else will. And so the bottom line is that's when we understand how important faith is and is when we're at the bottom and when we're miserable. Unfortunately, other people have to be the God in their own life, and then they end up committing suicide or doing something stupid. So if we're going to be that way, if you're going to make emotional decisions when you're the most emotional, yes, your life's going to be a train wreck. All right, so openness and honesty is the key to a healthy relationship. That means that we know that if we're responsible enough to be honest, we are actually preserving our in our relationship, we're preserving our trust, and we're actually understanding each other in a better way, and we are not having to be defensive because we are hearing each other. Openness is the easiest thing to do. Honesty is the easiest thing to do. Lying takes a life's worth of work that eventually will be cracked open, and then the truth comes out, and then the real judgment happens on a person. You know, toxic people, especially those closest to you, have a profound impact on your well-being, especially if you have to have them as parents. God forbid, but there are a lot of breeding stock out there, tons of breeding stock, people who breed but can't parent. Unfortunately, many of us have had one or both or many versions of parents who were toxic, and we also end up being in relationships with people we're familiar with, which are the parents that we grew up with because we're familiar with their patterns and having to navigate their crap. We don't want to reinvent the wheel, so we go out and find a partner that's just like them. Sickening, but that's how we do it in this life. Every human being on the planet is, is worth having rich, rewarding, and safe relationships. But if you want that, you might have to pick something different than what you grew up with. You know, every human has a responsibility to co-create those relationships. And what I'm talking about is understanding that you are not having a life, you're creating a life. Creating a life, that's huge. And that takes energy, that takes responsibility, that takes experiential learning. If we can get in a partner relationship that embraces that, we can grow as people. So toxins are poisonous. And it's a substance that can cause illness, damage, and even death. A toxic relationship is one that's sick. And the problem with a toxic relationship, it is very, very stressful. And guess what? We have genes in our body, one gene, that actually will turn on your exit strategy from life. 
And if you want to tilt that gene over in your brain, it'll turn that gene on. And if you have cancer or heart disease or whatever you're predispositioned with, that gene will activate that. And guess what? You'll get it over time. And then some doctor may cure it, but it'll come back because that gene never stops marching until you're dead. If you're going to live a stressful life with a toxic relationship, you are taking years and years and years off your life. It might be even dying. While we all have our moments and seasons of selfishness, true toxic person will take and take and take and give you nothing in return. And you need to recognize that. And a good indicator of that is reading a book called Stop Walking on Eggshells. That's a great book for people that are in toxic relationships. It's like being bitten by a vampire and drained for your life over a slow amount of time. You know, you find yourself serving someone at the expense of your own feelings, your own needs, and your own joy. And at about 40, you become full of rage because that person took away from you everything. But the fact is you did it yourself because you decided to do that and you allowed them to suck you dry. That is your deal. Take responsibility for it and change. Set boundaries, become a stronger person, make individual choices, and if they match up with you, great. If they don't, then they don't. But you, you got one major chance to have a good life filled with passion and purpose where you can influence and help other people's lives. Go do it. Go do it and make sure you've done it with your kids. Make sure their life is not toxic. You know, uh, uh, abuse is also toxic. You know, but abuse is an extremely is extreme form of toxicity, and it should not be tolerated for any reason in any amount of time in any relationship. Abuse comes from the idea of never having a voice, being physically hurt, being emotionally hurt, uh, 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 being financially threatened. All those signs are toxic. And if you're trapped in a relationship physically, sexually, emotionally, you got to reach out to somebody to help you. A professional, hopefully, that will help you. And if you know anybody that's trapped in a physical or sexual, emotional, abusive relationship, there's a national domestic violence hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE, and you and your loved ones are worth being safe. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about toxicity, and then we're going to talk about healthy. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. What sets apart voiceamerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley 
as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about, is my relationship healthy? Is your relationship healthy? And, and you know, I don't mean physically, you know, but the deal is, do you feel safe? You know, I'm talking about a sense of emotional safety. Can you openly share your thoughts and feelings with the person you're with? Or does your voice matter? Or do you feel like you're always editing yourself or afraid of what they do or say if you are radically honest? You know, a healthy relationship gives space for people to be imperfect and accountable at the same time. And you can tell each other the good stuff and the shameful stuff and openly talk about what has hurt you. And you could be fully seen and be fully loved. You know, and but let's be clear, in most cases, you wouldn't want to share your deepest hurts with your in-laws. You know, that may might you might want to do that with a trusted friend because the fact is I cannot tell you how many people regret the idea that they actually confided in their in-laws and in their parents and their sister and their brother and their cousins and their aunts or uncles or grandma, grandpa, all that stuff. If you're going to drop your crap in the middle of a family, they will never forget it. They will never forget it. And you have re you have changed for life your partner's relationship with them. That's why you want to have friends. That's why you cultivate friends. So you can share those things that you're unhappy about and have a place to vent in about your relationship. That is what you owe yourself. And if you can do that with your partner, that's even better. 
you know, and and if you feel neglected or exploited in a relationship, like living in the middle of a woods somewhere in some backwoods place, if you have so much space outside and 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 you're with a partner who neglects or exploits you, you know, uh, uh, you probably need to rethink about who you spend your communication with. Maybe you need some friends outside of that. Maybe you need to alert people. Maybe you just need to leave. You know, sometimes just leaving makes a statement. And maybe they'll clean their act up. But usually people that abuse do what's called the, the uh, cycle of violence. And basically what they do is they do their violence because you've betrayed them or they perceive you're a horrible person. They do their nasty thing to you. And then the honeymoon phase begins because they regret what they did out of emotions and making a reactive decision. And then eventually over time, it slowly goes back to the domestic violence or the abuse. And you need to recognize that if you're not. If you're in a relationship that's like that, you probably need to run for the border. You know, uh, uh, make a plan. Get some friends. Make a plan and do something for yourself because you don't need to be with that and you certainly do not need to have your children be abused. And I'm not advocating for divorce. I'm advocating for boundaries and change. That's the most important thing. You know, judgment is the norm. We all have our own weird things that make life both fun and challenging, but the lifeblood of relationship is, guess what? Curiosity, not judgment. You know, if you like waking up early and your spouse likes sleeping in, that's cool. Instead of saying you should get up earlier, why don't you, uh, why do you sleep so late? You know, why don't you do something for yourself during that time that is more constructive and more helpful or something for the relationship that might be more uh, constructive or helpful? We need to understand that we don't marry each other. We don't get in a relationship to change each other. If you're going to make that your goal, you need to just give it up and uh, be humble and understand that your job is to adapt to who you're with. You know, if if, uh, if you don't receive empathy, if you decided to marry some somebody, let's say, on the autistic spectrum range and they don't have any emotions to offer you, then you're either going to have to embrace the idea of they're autistic or they lack emotions because maybe they have PTSD or something weird. And the deal is, is that you may have to adapt to that. If they lack empathy, maybe you have to get empathy from someone else. You know, if they have this disorder that doesn't give them empathy, maybe they're not the best executive functioning decision maker for your children or you emotionally. And maybe there has to be an, a balance there that is different than would be with other couples. You know, uh, if you're living with under rage, by the way, that's no way to live. You know, if, if, if that person is always raging because they feel disrespected or they feel afraid or they feel both, they have what's called an inner child problem. Something happened to them as a child and they're exhibiting their emotions as a child. And it's sad, but that's what they're doing. And if they're going to do that, they're going to be treated like a child and they're not going to like that either. And that amps them up even worse. So the deal is you need to understand that that person has to come to grips with their rage and change how they react so they can actually be an adult. You know, we need to get real when it comes down to what a relationship's about. You know, the other thing is we do to, to make a relationship not healthy is we get in another person's head. We try to predict what our partner's going to do. You're going to say this. You're going to do this. I know what he's... And then we're convinced that they already said or did that, even though that was something we concoct in our own brain about them. You know, it's tempting to dissect and analyze the behaviors of others, especially someone who's hurt you greatly, but this is a complete waste of your time and emotional energy. 
Give them grace. Give them understanding. Allow them to have their reactions. Stop judging their reactions and help them get to a healthy response. You know, if, if you're going to live in that kind of thing, understand that. Also, people don't understand in their communication in a relationship, if we want to make it healthy, we have to understand there's oftentimes the auditory processor who speaks about 6,000 words a day. They have to they speak a thought before they even think it. They drop it out their mouth without any thoughts. And that's because they're trying to process a thought and hear what their brain is thinking. That's an auditory processor. Many women do that. Many women do that with each other. They'll talk, 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 talk about the same old crap. They'll ask their husband the same old questions, talk about talk the same old thing to their kids, talk to their sisters, brothers, whatever. Everybody's getting the same conversation. That's because they're processing a decision. And as they do that, they will come to a decision. Other people are ruminative processors. That means they speak about 1,200 words a day, and those people have generally think within themselves. So they get an idea, they Google it, and they may ask somebody about it, whatever. But basically, the bottom line is they come to a conclusion on their own, and then they drop the decision they're about to make as if it's not a decision on their partner, who's an auditory processor. The auditory processor is like, <gasps> How could you not let me process this? You're wanting to make a decision. You're controlling. You're this. You're that. You're the. Then that's because they. Well, and then the the ruminatives going. Hey, <laughs> I already did all the work for you. Why are you going on getting off on all this and making call me names and being all rude about? It? Well, they're rude about it because you never gave them a chance to think. If you don't don't respect how a person thinks, you don't respect the person. So if you're gonna drop a bomb of a decision or a very amped up idea of a decision on an auditory processor, you're gonna have to let them tell mom and dad and brothers, sisters, yourself, everybody else, hear it for however long they gotta do it, and then they'll figure it out on their own where they stand. They will first reject you because you were so selfish that you didn't communicate early that you were thinking about something. So it's really important to, to grab new tools as you move through a relationship. It's an evolutionary process. It is something that is very, very important. And one of the things that we don't do is avoid. Conflict is a part of a relationship. It's how you do conflict that's more important. And if you're going to be a good listener, that means you're going to be safe. If you're going to be a turd and you're going to be somebody that has to be right, and you're going to have be want to be the alpha and the decision maker, whatever you've narratively labeled yourself, then what's going to happen is you're going to box your partner out and you're going to make a lot of decisions that are going to be resented. And resentment takes place in the bedroom. It comes into the, the how we share with each other, what we do, how we support each other. All of that gets affected by you being selfish. And so we have to understand if we're going to be in a relationship, we have to think for our partner first, first. That's your duty. If you can't do that and you decide to be in a relationship, you're too immature to be in one. You know, the most essential aspect of discerning, uh, determining the quality of your life flows from your self-talk, your narrative. So here's narratives. A person begins to think, okay, uh, my partner is very forgetful. So what they'll do is they will want to be right, and so they'll go, Oh, they were forgetful. Oh, remember this? They're forgetful. Here's evidence they're forgetful. Even though it may be 99% of the time they're not forgetful, they'll still identify that 1% just to support their perspective. And then they will label their partner as forgetful. And that will become, after it's a habit of finding their failures, 
they will determine that that partner is a forgetful person and they will treat them as such. It's a really crappy thing that we do because we always have to feel like we have to be right. So we believe our narratives and we reinforce them over time. And that just tightens the box of our own reality out of understanding the real realities of life. We constantly use relationships. And by the way, that's that's also the pathway to tribalism, is finding evidence, narratives, reinforcing those narratives, finding the media that supports our narratives. And then all of a sudden, that's who we are. So we get too caught up in that because we are lazy. A healthy relationship also requires each person to bring something unique and special. If that person uh, brings their unique talents, hopefully we blend those talents and we establish the value of the relationship. But here's the deal. If you're going to have a relationship, you have to fight for your relationship's integrity. And integrity is what you do when nobody's looking. This is a problem with pornography. This is a problem with prostitution. This is a problem with a lot of stupid things that people do in a relationship. Their integrity is bad. If your integrity in a relationship is bad, if you're going to get divorced, your children no longer can believe that you have your integrity. If you are going to have affairs, you no longer have your integrity. If you're going to do things that are unprofessional in your profession, you're not going to have integrity. And guess what? You're going to be alone in a nursing home with nobody visiting when you're old and gray and you're going to be bitter because you did all these things for other people and they don't appreciate you, but they don't appreciate you because you were a dishonest person. And unfortunately, people in nursing homes and in hospitals that have heart attacks and nobody shows up, that's because they didn't manage their integrity. If you don't get that now, if you don't understand that that is a value now and it's a value in your relationship, divorce is a loss of integrity. So if you don't have the will to be in a relationship and make that relationship better, and both of you are all in to do that and to hear each other, you do not understand what a healthy relationship looks like. And you need to learn. You need to accept. You're not just in it alone, and it's not all about you. It's about your family. It's about your relationship with God. It's about your partner. That is the nucleus of how we measure our quality and our value of our life. You know, if we understand that respect is listening, that means that if we start respecting other people in our life, we become magnetic. It's about recognizing the importance of the relationship you're in by hearing somebody. It's not about agreeing with what they say. It is about hearing it. All right. That's our show. It's about as far as I can go. I love hearing from you. And if you could do that, you, you reach out to my webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, relationships are like a walk in Jurassic Park. Also, if you're fat, say you love her or him with all your belly. <laughs> when you go... Uh, when you go from can we talk to we need to talk, there is likely an end to come. Also, new relationships require us to learn how to fart quietly again. Also, our spouses can turn into to the child you never wanted. And if you're a man in a relationship with a woman, you have to decide if it is worth it to be right or to be happy. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 